And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 101, coming at you live this Tuesday morning, uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, As always, I'm your host, feeling under the weather, so pardon my voice, uh, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MC. And since this is your live call-in show, uh, if you happen to be listening live, the numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So what is going on with you this week, MC? Um, It's episode 101, so that rhymes with Economics 101. Um, No, actually nothing. Do you want to do an econ show? We can do an econ show. (laughs) Uh, I I actually had some ideas earlier, and then I completely lost lost them. So... um, like a theme for the show kind of ideas or like yeah yeah i had some like things that i wanted to get off my chest and stuff and and then they just gone one of the things that i thought was funny was uh milo yiannopoulos he finally he finally talked too much (laughs) and he started talking about uh older men and younger boys and kind of uh defending it a little bit and he was even on canceled yeah he was even on the joe rogan show and he said something about uh he he asked him if if he ever uh looked looked at uh 15 year old girls and he was like he was like no i mean when i was 15 yeah but (laughs) uh so it's it looks it looks pretty bad for him it might be the end of milo for for the the near future (laughs) see and this is this okay so this is one of those things where i hate to have to come to milo's defense but i have to come to milo's defense well but at the same time it it depends on a lot of things like you know so milo was was planning on talking at cpac he was scheduled to do that and there's well there's conservatives there (laughs) they don't want to they don't want to hear about 30 year old men dating 15 year olds um you know whether or not the 15 year old is mature enough to handle that or not um you know they just they just don't want to hear it they don't want to deal with that's not something they agree with so um yeah i guess it just depends what you want to do i mean so the so the the one thing i will uh acknowledge is that uh you know there's there's no need for government to regulate this kind of free speech um right the social market will handle that and so people you know being free people free to associate and free to disassociate basically now they're disassociating with milo based on you know their uh you know their belief structure or whatever so so it's so it's not really a you know a government issue. It's just you know it's just people talking and people associating, and so that's that's the good part of it. Um, yeah, the bad part of it, you know, whether or not uh, you know fifteen year olds have the ability to um, consent. Uh, that's 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 a whole different subject, and it's and it's very touchy for a lot of people, you know, because a lot of people do get abused. A lot of people are too immature to handle grown-up situations um but you know the the solutions for that are 
that they're not even going to get into because uh, just because of the topic and because there's uh, you know uh, there's careers to be crushed and and uh, you know people to be thrown out of their circle so they're going to do that and since this is the anarchist experience and I don't care right there there is no subject too taboo for me to get into for me to avoid uh i will discuss anything you want and give you a fair opinion on anything you want so we're not going to shy away uh from this topic or at least i'm not going to shy away from this topic uh simply because you know it could be like detrimental to the long-term uh career opportunities <laughs> your, your your career in uh podcasting here Seems to be taking off quite well. We've got what, thirty cents? Woo! <laughs> Something like. I thought it was like over a dollar on Steemit by now. Steemit? Oh, damn! Getting. I know. Getting up there. I know. Going down with the ship there. So let me say this in Milo's defense, and I, I let me also say that to start, I agree with you um, that it should not be a government-regulated thing. And that uh, what the the repercussions that he's facing uh, aren't even governmental repercussions. They're social repercussions and completely valid, right? If CPAC doesn't want him and Simon and Schuster don't want to publish his book and no, and his speaking tour is over and he gets fired from Breitbart or whatever, right? Those are all social repercussions that have nothing to do with you know his his freedom of speech, right? It's not it's freedom of speech, not freedom from consequences associated with that speech. So that's so what's happening? I'm I'm okay with right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend him and say like oh no these people should be, you know should allow him to do it. <clears throat> uh, but he is a controversial figure, and the reason I will come to his defense is partially because I agree with him for the most part on this particular issue. <laughs> Uh, insofar that, in my opinion, uh, you know, teenagers are fully capable of of consenting or not consenting to just about anything, um, and I I evidence this by the fact that they are capable of making decisions, right? That are uh, either in their best interest or out of their best interest, and we know this because they say no to lots of things. You go, hey, can you do this? And you go, they go, no, I cannot do that. Right? Or do you want to do this? And they go, no, I don't. I do not want to do that. Can you can you take out the trash? No, 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 mom. <laughs> right. So when it comes to so when it comes to like, uh, you know, uh, do you want to have sex with a forty year old guy? Right. And they, <laughs> and they go, no. Right. The the fact that they are capable of formulating a no answer. Uh, means that they're also capable of formulating a yes answer. However, their preference in their situation happens to be no. Um, and I also will say that me personally, and I, I think I've shared, I've, if I haven't shared this with you, MC, this might come as a shock to you, um, but I'm not, I don't hide it and I'm open with my other friends about it. It's like, I know what I'm personally attracted to. And when I was 16 years old, uh, I was attracted to 16-year-old girls. And when I was 20-year-old, I was attracted to 16-year-old girls. And when I was 25-year-old, 25 years old, guess what? Same thing. Like, my sexual preference hasn't changed. Um, and my wife knows this, right? Like, she, she knows, and we've had the discussion that she is not 
like what would be considered my type um, or what I go like, wow, damn that, you know, that's, it's, it's something else and something special, which is why we're married, but it has nothing to do with what I am, you know, biologically, physically attracted to number one and number two, right. The whole, like, uh, you're, you're not able to do anything with teenagers, uh, is a cultural bias that we just happen to have in this country. Right. Because if you look at, you know, the, the evolution of the human species, um, you know, it, minus the cultural aspect of it. And you just look at like the biological aspect of it. Uh, those teenagers are fully capable physically of having sex and, you know, and, and, you know, performing sexual acts. Not only that, biologically, right, the reason they get their periods so early and are capable of getting pregnant so early is because that's what helped propagate the species. Is there's there, you know there's there's no real denying that. So the fact that they are they are capable, physically able, and it, it emotionally able uh, to make a to express a preference one way or the other means that this should not be an issue. It should be you know it, we should just go right back right to the the fundamentals of libertarianism, the you know the the non-aggression principle, and just say like was it consensual or not. And if the the fourteen year old or the fifteen year old goes, yeah, I totally agreed to have sex with that that forty year old dude. Well, then it's not a problem, right? They 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 understood, you know, what they were doing. They were capable of expressing a preference, yes or no. They chose to do it. The forty year old, you know, lucky lucky guy, um, you know, was was able to to make that happen because, you know, the 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 older I get, right. And even though I settled down, right, the, the older I got up until that point, uh, the harder it was, you know, to for that attraction to be mutual. Uh, so I can also speak from experience a little bit, not 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 as young as Milo's claiming, because that's not the age range that I happen to be attracted to. Right. But I go like, damn, that girl's kind of cute. And I go, well, she's only like 16. Like, oh, fuck. All right. All right. So 16 year olds it is then. Um you know, before even knowing the answers, it's like, that's what I'm attracted to. Um, and in Milo's case, right, I'm not even, a, I'm speaking on, on my behalf as, you know, heterosexual, but I don't, I don't differentiate that from the homosexual side either, right? So if it's a 40-year-old dude and a 15-year-old kid or a 15-year-old dude, um, who cares, right? It, it goes back to, you know, is it consensual? Did they violate, you know, some uh, 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 the the non-aggression principle? Was it coercive in any way? And for the most part, I would say that uh, if it's not coerced, leave it alone, right? That's 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 a consensual act between two voluntary parties, and that's none of my business. So I'm not going to get involved. Now, do I want to socially ostracize those that do? No, I don't. Do I want to socially ostracize the ones that uh, take advantage and coerce and rape? Uh, absolutely. Right. And that there, there are other ways to handle that situation as well. Um, but it is my opinion. Uh, and you know, both again, like I said, backed up a little bit, at least by the science, uh, that human beings of that age range are capable of consent because most of the times they don't. Right. And the negation of consent or the ability to express, you know, disconsent, uh, is evidence that they are also able to consent. They just chose not to. Um, 
So that's what I have to say about that. So with Milo, you know, the the 30-year-old guy and the 13-year-old girl or a 30-year-old guy and the 13-year-old guy, uh, who cares, right? I, if, if that's what he wants to do, so be it. If that's what he's attracted to do, none of my business. Does it, is, does it stem from, you know, some deep-seated psychological root involving him in his childhood? Maybe. Still don't care, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what causes my sexual attraction. Uh, I don't know what causes his sexual attraction. Um, but I know that mine is uh, heterosexual and skews toward the younger age. And his is homosexual and skews towards, like, black dudes, apparently. So who cares? But I have to say that, right? You know, and and if I'm going to like face social ostracization uh, because I'm okay with that, and I recognize that, you know, the I, I I respect the biological aspect of it, and I recognize that the mental aspect, the emotional aspect, is culturally biased, and I try to eliminate that from my viewpoint when when you know trying to decide morality here. Um, I think Milo, did, you know, is on the right track. On this particular issue, um, I will also say, you know, uh, I, I caught Milo's appearance uh, on Bill Maher the other night because uh, now that Trump is president, my wife likes to watch all those, uh, you know, liberal shows. Like she's fine. <laughs> she's finally found Bill Maher and she's finally found The Daily Show. And oh, my God, you know, check out these clips of them on CNN. Oh, no. And so I have to I have to put up with that. And I go, you know. I tell her the same thing I say on it. You know, I'd be more inclined to enjoy this with you uh, if you were watching this for the last eight years, yeah. right? If, if or, it didn't take Trump for you to, like, get on this bandwagon. And here's the other thing. Like, uh, The Daily Show, after uh, Jon Stewart left, has, has, I, I can't even watch it. So She loves Trevor Noah. It's He's so stupid, though. Like I agree. At least with John Stewart, okay, you know he was biased, but he would he would entertain the other side, uh, just just to stay relevant, just to acknowledge that you know an alternate viewpoint existed, or even even to make a joke out of it, but just to put it out there, like, hey, I understand this this concept or this this situation fully. Um, with Trevor, it's like. He only sees the left, and that's it. There's, and he can't even see how stupid he is. Like for not realizing that there's valid, you know, there might be valid points on both sides, or somewhere in the middle, but he he doesn't even acknowledge that they exist. So it's like, it's like the whole. The, so the worst one was that uh, the one with where where they 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 said they had information on Trump in in Russia about some sex orgy and and that people were peeing on people or something like that right and and they and they made the joke you know they had the the airplane and so the salute the the fireman salute where they were shooting the the water over the plane on the runway was was pee right in right. in the in the comic and it's like so they were making jokes about the stuff that they had no idea if it was true or not. It's just like, oh, it's against Trump. It's automatically true. We're automatically gonna, you know, crack jokes right. at it. And now and, that being and, said, and then, and, some of the jokes were then, funny. Yeah, some of them were funny. But then, but if I think if it was John Stewart, I I think he might have said, but we you know we don't really know if it's true or not. But ha ha ha, you right? Know? With Trevor is like it's automatically true. You know, Trump can you believe did this. this. Crap? 
Now, when that when that story broke, I shared a picture on Facebook, and I thought it was funny, right? Because like picture Trump right. said, "What's the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean?" It's like because Trump has never had a garbanzo <laughs> bean on his face, right? <laughs> and that's funny. That is comedy no, it, gold right there, regardless right. It, of whether it, it or not was, it's true. It was funny, but it's just it's just the the way people pre- present things, and I you know I, I appreciate. It. Even if it's funny, like a little bit of like skepticism or honesty or you know whatever. Yes, absolutely. And 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 again, right? It's unfortunate that it's taking Trump for people, you know, like my wife and in general, to finally come around to going like, "Damn, he's got like way too much power," um, <laughs> and someone needs to rein this in. And then now the people reining it in are like you know the 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 lifers. And- and I and I really blame Trump for for a lot of the response because he 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 hit the ground running like full speed ahead, you know, oh, yeah. making executive orders like right away. He could have just been like, you know, for the first year, we're like, no, I'm just I'm just gonna be the chill president. I'm not. Let's gonna just wait and see and, what's going on. I'm just gonna relax and and then and then slowly start doing things and. And uh, you know, by then people would be bored and not interested. And, and, you know that. You know, people would be more concentrated. You know, basically, I w- I would wait till the next iPhone came out or something before I started doing crap. You know, because people are easily distracted. But that's tactics. I don't. I guess I shouldn't be giving Trump any ideas. <laughs> well, and and you know, again, I hate to, to don't want to defend him, but kudos to him. All right, he, as far as like you know, campaigning is concerned, he's like. When I get in office, I'm going to do this, 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 and you can't stop me because I'm the president. And then he got in the <laughs> office and went, I didn't doing this, I'm doing this. Like, you know, like you said, he hit the ground running. Like some some good, right? Some pro-liberty, uh, some bad, some anti-liberty. So I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to say like, oh, everything that Trump is doing is great. Um, but there, everyone's panicking about like deregulation, like, oh, my God, he's putting he's putting in people, you know, for for years. Right. It's like, oh, my God, these people are so entrenched into the system and then we're not going to get anywhere. And then he's putting in people like we talked about this on the in the roundtable in the Department of Education where right? who knows nothing about the Department of Education and they're going to destroy it. I'm like, good. Right. I'm like, like <laughs> but f- fucking fantastic. And it's like, well, he's putting someone in charge of the FDA who doesn't even like the FDA. I'm like, good. Get rid of that, get rid of that whole, like, what are we, you know, what are we complaining about here? Like, you know, not saying Trump's a great president, but if, if, if you're, if you're pro-liberty and he's doing the things that, you know, libertarians have been like begging the government to do for decades, right? Give him at least like a thumbs up, you know, or a golf clap, you know, what, ha- what is he going to replace the FDA with? I don't know. I don't care. Like, let's let's get rid of it and then, you know, call for not replacing it with anything. Right. Like the this is the incremental steps that, you know, people people always say, like, oh, you know, you, you got to be, like, you know, you got to be more moderate. These are the moderate steps. And I'm not. And again, I'm not going to like champion and say, like, oh, this is the pinnacle. Right. There's there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but a lot of that stuff, you know, at least in, in those areas are a step in the right direction. Like let's let's put people in charge of shit that doesn't need to belong there who don't know what they're doing. Like bring bring the whole system crashing down for all I care. It's a terrible system. It needs to be replaced with nothing. Just get rid of it. Uh, 
and with all the you know the the deep the the deep web secrets and all the you know what one of the deep state secrets that are being leaked you know like they they're they're out for revenge against Trump you know letting, finally letting the american people know what's really going on like good <laughs> right have this battle like let all that stuff out you know who cares let it all out and you know let, when the dust settles and there's no state standing then then let's rebuild it with nothing but you know volunteerism and uh the the libertarian paradise or whatever you want to call it mc sounds great um let's see you want to hit some uh headlines all right let's do it with i think the first one's a nice little segue into what i'm talking about so here we go Man, I'm, I'm looking up at my tabs here. F- heavy on the Freeze Thought Project this week. Uh, good on them to putting out quality content. Uh, headline, Amish father arrested facing decades in prison for selling products with essential oils. Uh, headline, 76-year-old woman fined $200 for not sno- shoveling snow fast enough. Fights back. Uh, headline, dangerous precedent bill to allow churches to establish their own police. Headline: According to modern psychiatry, excuse me. According to modern psychiatry, nonconformity is now a mental illness. Uh, headline: A nation of immigrants, a nation of criminals. <clears throat> excuse me. Headline: uh, Make the bouquet or else. <laughs> headline: San Francisco passes law forcing all pet shops to only sell rescue dogs and cats. And finally, headline: The cancer of war. U.S. used depleted uranium in Syria. Um, any place you want to start, MC? So the the make the bouquet or else. Um, so when that broke, I was actually on the 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 lawyer's website or their I'm sorry their Facebook page, uh, blast blasting people on there, and and I didn't realize you know at that time it wasn't in the news or wasn't a big deal at the point yet, and and so a few hours later it started blowing up. And uh, I didn't at that time. I didn't realize it was the lawyer's website. I was just I was just on there. Like I couldn't believe you know people actually wanting this to happen. Right. And uh, so it was it was crazy. Um, All right. Let's unbury so the course, lead. And let me read the article, and then we'll we'll get your comments so the people listening know what exactly you're talking about when you say on the lawyer's website and Facebook. Sure. All right. Uh, make the bouquet, or else. To see how little is left of one of our most important rights, the freedom of association, look no further than today's unanimous decision by the Washington State Supreme Court upholding a lower court's ruling that Flores Baronel Stutzman was guilty of violating the Washington law against discrimination when she declined on religious grounds to provide floral arrangements for one of her regular customers' same-sex weddings. The lower court had found Stutzman personally liable and had awarded the plaintiff permanent injunctive relief, actual monetary damages, attorney's fees, and costs. The breathtaking part of the Supreme Court's conclusion is worth quoting in full. We also hold that the WLAD may be enforced against Stutzman because it does not infringe any constitutional protection. As applied in this case, the WLAD... Can I call it WLAD? I'm going to WLAD. The WLAD does not compel speech or association. And assuming that it is substantially burdened Stutzman's religious free exercise, the WLAD does not violate her rights to religious free exercise under the First Amendment or Article 1, Section 11, because it is neutral, generally applicable law that serves our state's government's compelling interest in eradicating discrimination in public accommodations. 
We have here yet another striking example of how modern state statutory anti-discrimination law has come to trump a host of federal constitutional rights, including speech, association, and religious free exercise. It's not too much to say that the Constitution's Faustian accommodation of slavery is today's consuming the Constitution itself. Consider simply the freedom of association right. That liberty in a free society ensures the right of private parties to associate as against third parties and the right not to associate as well. That is the right to discriminate for any reason, good or bad, or no reason at all. The exceptions at common law were for monopolies and common carriers. And if you held your business as open to the public, you generally had to honor that, though you still could negotiate over services. Slavery, of course, was flat-out violation of freedom of association indeed. It was the very essence of forced association, but Jim Crow was little better since it amounted to forced disassociation. It was finally ended legally by the 1964 Civil Rights Act, but that act prohibited not simply public, but private discrimination as well, in a range of contexts and on a range of grounds, both of which have expanded over the years. The prohibition of private discrimination may have been helpful in breaking the back of institutionalized racism in the South, but its legacy has brought us to today's decision, where florists, bakers, caterers, and even religious organizations can be forced to participate in events that offend their religious beliefs. Courts haven't yet compelled pastors to officiate ceremonies that are inconsistent with their beliefs, but we have heard calls for for eliminating the tax-exempt status of their institutions, such as the wrath of the crowd that wants our every act to be circumscribed by law, their law, of course, and they're prepared as here to force their association on unwilling parties, even when there are plenty of other businesses anxious to serve them. As I concluded a Wall Street Journal piece on the subject a while ago, no one enjoys the sting of discrimination or rejection, but neither does anyone like to be forced into uncomfortable situations, especially those that offend deeply held religious beliefs. In the end, who here is forcing whom? A society that cannot tolerate differing views and respect the live and let live principle will not long be free. Uh, amen. All right, please, right your on. thoughts, MC. Yeah, so basically my, my conclusion was that the left has been uh, on the path to destroying themselves for a long time and this is like the most pathetic uh attempt at at using the government to to uh force their beliefs on other people and so so much so i mean can you imagine like going to a florist they don't want to help you out and so you go get a gun and that's basically what it amounts to you bring in the guns of, of government the to a florist. I mean, how pathetic can you be? You can't find any other solution to dealing with a florist than to go cry to daddy or big brother or the guy with the gun to get what you want. Wah, wah, wah. That's, it's like, it's, it's so stupid. It's so childish and it's so wrong. And... And that's and the, and the left doesn't understand why, you know, there's there's people that go to the other side, and like why that why there's a why there's a rift, you know, they don't they don't understand why there's, you know, a Hillary and a Trump, it's like it's it's for these type of things, like it's not rational, at all, <laughs> so you're pushing people away, you know, every everybody, everybody who who thinks the, the. Uh, florist should have a right to sell flowers to whoever she wants you know for whatever reason um 
you're, you're they're pushing them away. So, yeah, there's, you know, they, they, we're, we're going to be kind of stuck like this until, until people grow up, I guess. And I don't see that happening. So uh, I don't know. Let's uh, let's just hope California secedes and they can all go to California and sink it. I will say this: I, I don't I don't understand the the mentality of the plaintiff, and it's because I can't relate to that mentality at all. Right? Like I've taken my business to the competition for less egregious offenses. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's that? You're a nickel more. And you won't come down in price. I'm going elsewhere, right? <laughs> it it doesn't take much, you know. I I remember, um, in in uh, when I when I was a freshman in college, I was like 17 at the time, and I had a discussion um, with the with the the manager in a Kmart, um, and my stepmom, you know, was quick to point out that it was an unnecessary discussion. Um, however, and although I was right. Right. Like pushing the issue wasn't worth it. And it was over like the price of a pack of batteries. So they had like a four pack of C batteries and the four in this example. Right. The four pack of C batteries was like 10 bucks. This may not be true, but just just so I can do the math for you here. They also had a buy three, get one free pack of C batteries. Same brand, same battery, different packaging. And that one was also 10 bucks. And I went, clearly this is a mistake, right? How can buy three, get one free be the same price as four, right? Then I'm not really buying three, get one free. I'm just buying four, which is clear because the other one is four and it costs, like, shouldn't the buy three, get one free be like 750, like three fourths the price of the actual four pack. And, you know, th- th- I'm making a big deal out of this, right? It's a, f- it's a fucking four pack of batteries, right? But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm fish shaking and wondering how this this is an outrage that they can market it, you know, in such a nefarious manner. And uh, you know, my my stepmom was like, "You're right, but do you just really want you know this is really want to you really want to take time on this?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." This is you know, so you know, for for something as small as that, right, where they the the manager like refused to concede, like I put everything in the cart back. <laughs> I was like, "I am not shopping here," <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm going to Walmart or, you know, wherever else. I don't, I don't remember where we ended up, but like, you know, Walmart or whatever, some other, you know, uh, CVS drugstore kind of a thing, um, for something as little as that. Right. It's like, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he wasn't like discriminating against me. He wasn't like shouting me down or calling me names and you must pay for all four. Cause you're a cis white hetero male. Right. It was, it was, it was nothing egregious. Just like. You know, that's just the packaging, man. It's like 10 bucks. You get four batteries for 10 bucks. It's like, well, it does, who cares if it says buy three, get one free? It's four, and you get you pay for four. Like, All right, well, you know, if that's the way you're going to be operating your business, good sir, I am taking my service and my, my you know, patronage elsewhere. <laughs> yep. So I can't relate, you know, to someone going like, no, we're not going to make you flowers. And I go, the hell you're not. Right, you bitch better make that bouquet or better bake that cake, because I'm not gonna shop anywhere else. I'm gonna continue to shop at your facility, you know, regardless of whether or not you want me to be here, because I have the law behind me and the law has guns, right? And what makes this even worse, in this particular instance, was the plaintiff, right? The the person going like, "Damn, make the bouquet." They said it was like a regular customer. 
Like what kind of regular customer treats their, you know, their, their like favorite business like that? Right. I wouldn't, I would never, you know, like, you know, I would never, I don't even know what to call my, like my favorite business, but I would never like, you know, go throwing around demands and say, if you don't treat me like a regular customer, I'm suing you. And, you know, no, you just, you know, you just go elsewhere. There's plenty of other florists. There's plenty of other bakers. There's plenty of other department stores. Right. These are, these are not industries where the government has granted one supplier a monopoly over anything or a monopsony. Uh, if, if you know, if you listen to sovereign tech and you want to be like totally specific on words and shit, um, it, it, they, they don't have it. There's plenty of competition elsewhere. You just go find someone else to buy from or sign, find somewhere else to shop. There's like, and I think what you said, you know, is, is the, the uh, MC is the left on this, on these particular issues have like gone off the rails. Like, oh, of course they should have to bake the cake, or of course they should have to, you know, make the bouquet. Uh, they're a they're a public, they're, they're open to the public, so they must serve everyone. And I know that when I was working uh, at a gas station a few years ago, uh, you know, people, would, it's a gas station. So people would come in like, do you guys have a public restroom? And, you know, being who I am, right, you know, we, I'd uh, be like, no, we have a private restroom open to the public. Right, it's not a public restroom. You guys don't pay for it. It's not like we're not we're not operating this restroom based out of forced coerced taxation from you, uh, open to anyone and everyone at any time. You know, it's a private restroom. This 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 whole facility is owned, um, you know, by the franchisee of the gas station, and he can choose whether he wants to let you in or not to his bathroom. Uh, you know, not that he didn't, not that he wouldn't let most people in. But there were times when, you know, like, you know, as a gas station, right, homeless people and smelly people would come bumbling in, you know, with like, you know, 50 cents looking to buy a Lucy cigarette or whatever. And they would quickly be shown the door. And there were no leftists going like, that's discrimination. You you must serve these people. I, on the other hand, was like, hey, if they got money and they can buy, you know, why, why not sell it? Because like, they're stinking up my store and they're, they're just scaring away my other customers. It's like, all right, fair enough. Off you go, man. You know, time for you to leave. Uh, you know, because that's that's what the wishes of the private property owner was. You know, we 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 do not serve your kind, and by your kind, we mean homeless and smelly and broke. Uh, and that's okay. <laughs> no no one no one came to their defense and like you know shouted us down or sued us you know on their behalf, saying that we must provide them with services and goods. It's like no, you know. They just, they, they, they went elsewhere, wherever that is that they could go. The gas station down the street, they didn't care. They didn't have like an, an open store, uh, that, you know, to, to stink it up. You can go, you can go to the window at the other gas station to buy cigarettes cause they don't let, they let you in. Um, so yeah, the, the, the whole forced association, forced disassociation, um, uh, again is, is nonsense, uh, strictly because it, it, it violates that, that private property rights that the owner can do what they want that's that's their property um anyone trying to tell them other words you know is is a usurper of sorts um trying to control what is not theirs you know on behalf of some uh you know greater good uh and it it doesn't fly in polite civil society mc right on um let's go to the next one um oh my goodness there's so many good ones again are you picking, or you want me to just move on? Uh, what do you want to do? Well, I, I kind of wanted to get into this Amish father arrested. Um, because it would have been a good transition, a good segue. Um, 
because one of the issues, uh, bury the lead again, one of the issues he's having is with the FDA. And I was like, well, shit, if you abolish the FDA, this guy's problem goes away. Uh, right on. <laughs> Lexington, Kentucky. Samuel Garad, an Amish farmer from Lexington, Kentucky, will go on trial on February 27th, charged with conspiracy, distributing misbranded drugs, and threatening a witness. The reason? He makes a healing salve, an ointment he's been producing for over 20 years, and the FDA isn't happy about how he markets it. Uh, Garad became the targeted individual became a targeted individual of the federal government's FDA since someone from Missouri in 2013 reported the Amish man to the state health department. At issue were claims that the company made about its balm, which is made from ingredients like rosemary, beeswax, peppermint, chickweed, eucalyptus oil, olive oil, lavender oil, and comfrey. Officials with the FDA say it's not what's inside his product that concerns them, but rather the claims the farmer made about his product, principally that it cures cancer. Uh, Gerard said that a customer who had skin cancer used the all-natural products and reported to him that it cured his cancer. So the Amish farmer put that in his port in his advertising of the product. He is not allowed to say that. So he changed the label, and then he called it Healing Chickweed Salve, said one supporter. Ultimately, she said Gerard was forced to call his product Original Chickweed Salve. Another of his products, Two More Gone, uh, two, two More Gone, also made similar... <laughs> Also made similar claims about its ability to hear cancerous tumors. The product contains bloodroot plant extract said to be caustic to the skin. The father of 12, grandfather of 25, I love the Amish, grandfather of 25 doesn't seem to understand why he cannot make claims about his product, nor does he understand how the oppressive system works to keep innovators like himself from bringing natural medicines to market. While officials use the arguments they're protecting consumers from products and manufacturers who make incredible claims about their untested products, even if Gerard's healing balm did in fact cure cancer, he could never tell anyone that fact. The first reason he could not do so is a barrier of testing, research, and approvals process the FDA had in place to bring pharmaceuticals to market. It's lengthy, expensive, full of bureaucracy, and would bankrupt any Amish farmer who attempted to get a product certified through the FDA. One controversial aspect of the FDA certification process is that it is redundant. For example, GW Pharmaceuticals has already gone through the United Kingdom certification process to bring their product, Sativex, a cannabis-derived sublingual spray for pain, spasms, and epilepsy to market. But now that the company wants to sell the product in the U.S., the company has to, once again, go through all of the approval processes, a process which has lasted well over three years now in the U.S., costing the company millions of dollars. So it's easy to see how and why one lone farmer whose product has no chemical medicines inside of it would even care to attempt the approval process. It's not just that the farmer makes claims about his product, which has got him in trouble. It's also that he puts those claims in writing, has refused to allow the FDA to inspect his production facility, and has treated any attempts to do so with hostility. Prosecutors pointed out back in 2013, a federal judge in Missouri banned Gerard from distributing these products until he met certain conditions. Those conditions including allowing the FDA to inspect where Gerard had made the goods. According to the indictment, the FDA says their officers were prevented from conducting an inspection at the farm. They also say Gerard continues to sell the product without letting his customers know that they were subject of a court order injunction, uh, writes WKYT. However, local residents and family who've bought his products for decades disagree. 
I think everybody in the community has heard about it, says Bath County resident Susan, Susan Moody, explaining how everyone in the community is up in arms over how this man is in jail and facing 68 years for a homemade salve he sold to willing customers. I can't even figure out what he has done wrong, says Moody. They live at the foot of the cross, and he thought one of them intentionally doing something wrong is outrageous. Uh, being Amish and not trusting lawyers, Gerard is representing himself. He failed to be present for a court hearing and was later arrested on failure to appear charges. Uh, Sam is a very li- Sam is a very literal person. This hearing didn't say, hey, Sam, you've got to be here. It just said that there's a status hearing in your case, and he thought he didn't have to show up. It was a mistake on his part, but because he is not an attorney, he just doesn't understand. It's his family friend, Sally O. Moody pointed out a possible reason for this attack on Gerard. They're targeting the Amish because they don't threaten, they don't fight back, and they don't like lawyers. They are just devastated. I mean, when they brought him out in handcuffs, it was awful, said O. Uh, In the meantime, the makers of OxyContin, the drug responsible for thousands of deaths each a year, are likely enjoying a $25,000 lunch with department heads and the FDA. Uh, Shameful, indeed. Uh, And it goes on to say, show how you can support uh, Gerard. Uh, but your thoughts, MC, uh, on the FDA banning uh, homemade cancer-curing medicines? Yeah, that's it's happened many times, and um, and we've covered some of it over the course of the show. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and yeah, I think uh, you know, find out what he's got. He, he's making his stuff out of, and make your own, um, or just buy it from him, right? Well, I mean, if it's still around, sure, but if he's in prison not making it, then it'll be quite hard to get it from him. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, like, that that would be one way to support, right, is if if you need some of these ointments for whatever condition you have, right? I'm sure he's not saying, like, guarantees cures cancer or whatever. Oh, no. Um, But, you know, I've bought whitening toothpaste that did not do the trick either, right? (laughs) All right, and I'm buying that again. Um. So yeah, there's another one that that was a really a, a really big hit in Australia. You know how they have a, a lot of skin problems because of the you know the thin ozone layer over Australia or something like that, and the amount of sun they get. So the skin cancer is quite high, and so this guy made a product called Curaderm, and it was uh, it had some natural stuff in it, and uh, and for a lot of people it worked for. I mean, not just a few, but thousands and thousands of people. It it cured their their uh, skin cancer, um, and so and that was the problem. It, it it helped so many people that eventually the drug companies w- had to put an end to it. You know, like oh, you can't you can't be selling that. It works. You know, <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you could still get that or not. But they they did have to advertise it differently, and so I'm not sure if it's still available. But Curaderm, and there's there's another one uh, I tell people about. Well, for for basal cell carcinoma, I tell people to use uh, apple cider vinegar. Um, Which I'm going to go look for ba- for my chest cold and cough when we're done here. Yeah, and so the reason it's good for colds is is the acid actually. So when you when you have a cold, your body uses more of the acid, so you kind of get like depleted. Um, so the same same thing is is vitamin C. It's actually the the acid that your your body needs. So yeah, good stuff for for colds um, and skin cancer. <laughs> 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 Probably some other things too. 
That's what a lot of people don't realize. You can get you can get uh, depleted in certain types of acids, or you can get depleted in in minerals and stuff too. And so, so I rec- I recommend taking both. You know, drink drink minimal mineral water and uh, make sure you get some healthy acids and stuff. So much for the whole alkaline craze. Um, well, if if you're depleted on alkalines, sure, you you could get cancer from that. You could have all kinds of health issues from that. And if you're depleted <laughs> on acids, you you can you know suffer from that too. And so it's not just uh, uh, acids because you could drink a lot of Coca Cola and that's not going to help your body either. So there's, you know you have to have the the right healthy stuff. <laughs> I had a coworker um, at the gas station who part of her, like she was uh, older and part of her daily health regimen was like a B12 vitamin and um, a shot of uh, apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. So she's actually like the first one that really introduced me to apple cider vinegar. Um, and then they just, you know, I'm not a medicine taking kind of guy. So then he goes, oh, you should take this. I go, I'll just let my body fight it off naturally. Then I'll be stronger later. So even the fact that I'm drinking orange juice is like because I'm home and it's available. If I I was out and about, I was like, you know, yesterday at work, I was just tea and lemon and ice and and water and lemon water. Mm -hmm. Just just soothing the ailments, you know, until my body fights it off naturally. Um but going going back to the story, like you know what you're what you're recommending, MC, right? Doesn't c- come with any like claims or warranties. Just personal experience of what you know uh, works to to uh, appease certain ailments, right? And if you were to bottle it and sell it and say, "Hey, we use this, you know, for this ailment, and we use this for this ailment," we don't have FDA approval because you know it, this is just what we use it for. Um, does it work? Works for me. They would come down harshly on you, and this, this, you know, this, uh, this Amish dude, um, you know, he he did he didn't even like make the claim initially that it was cancer curing, right? It was, you know, customer use it said cancer was gone, testimonial, right? Like you know, cons- consumer testimonial. This product, this product cured my cancer, said one customer, or you know, this product cured my uh, made my tumors go away, said this customer. Could it work for you? Absolutely. Might it not? Possibly. Right? But there's just every drug on the market doesn't work for everybody the way that they advertise it to. Even the ones that have gone through, you know, like the rigorous scientific claims and, you know, research and, you know, and they always make jokes about the side effects, right? Like side effects may include and the side effects are like worse <laughs> than the symptoms, right? It's a joke, right? Yeah. But But for most people, those side effects don't crop up, right? It doesn't happen. But for the select few that do, it's like, damn, that that was worse than the drug, and you just don't take the drug anymore. Um, if you were buying this guy's solvent bomb and it wasn't working, then you either go like, hey, it's not working for me. I'd like a refund. Um, and if he goes, nope, no refund. You bought it, you bought it, and that's the, and that's the end of the story. Well, then you go, all right, well, then, you know, then you could go on, you know, uh, uh, a PR campaign against him. Right, so like, hey, he's marketing false products. Snake oil salesmen in Kentucky selling their stuff in Missouri, right? And educate consumers that it did not work for you, and then let them decide whether or not it's going to work for them. 
And if right. you know, and like, he doesn't offer refunds, so if it doesn't work for you, you're screwed. And like, wow, and that's risky. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to take the chance on losing however much he's charging for it. Um, so maybe I won't risk it. You know, or maybe I'll find someone who has a sample of it, and I'll give it. A, I'll take a small sample or a small batch of it and try it and see. You know, see if I see any results. There's so many ways for just the market uh, and consumers, and, and you know, to 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 uh, interact. Uh, with producers that requires no state intervention but solves a lot of these issues right it's like when we when 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 me and the wife go out or like you know want to try new things or whatever and i like well what do you you know what do you think about it or you know what what's good here um my answer is always you got to try to find out right she's like i asked the waiters you know when we're at a restaurant like i asked the waiters what they like i'm like how can you trust them it's like some waiters don't lie about the food i go even if they're not lying, their tastes are different from yours, right? Just because they like it a certain way doesn't mean you're going to like it that same way. Just order it, try it. If you like it, order it again next time. If you don't like it, then don't order it again. Right? When you're in the mm-hmm. when you're at the market, you know, trying out new products, it's like, man, do this looks okay, but do I really want to buy it? Do you really think it'll work? I have no idea. Buy a small bottle and try it. Right. I've I've you know, I've I've wasted if you want to say wasted. Um, I'm not going to say waste. I've invested a lot of you know money uh, in products to learn that they don't work. Right. Because it's the only way to really find out. You, you can trust the you can trust the marketing or not. You can trust the testimonials or not. You can trust recommendations from other people or not. Um, but at the end of the day, it's your your experience is going to be different. And there's no way to to say that, you know, one way or the other, um, that it's going to be good for you without trying. Now, I will say this, you know, for movie reviews, uh, especially, um, there are certain sites that I trust the reviews from. Like, I'm a big fan of, of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and I go like, well, if, if Rotten Tomatoes has, you know, their, their, their score is low, I do not want to go see that movie in the theaters, right? I will download it and watch it later, maybe if I feel like it. What, but so I, what did uh, Rotten Tomatoes say about John Wick 2? I don't know. I didn't look. Do you want me to look? Oh. Real, real okay. <laughs> I think we should. Okay. What Did, did you guys go end up watching it? So, yeah, I did watch it. Um, it it was okay. It was it was kind of like, to me, like inspirational. Like, you know, like when you're a little kid and you, and you imagine yourself, you know, being the... the uh, uh, you know, super cop or whatever, being able to, uh, you know, beat all the bad guys, like, you know, hundreds of them at a time, you know, never miss a shot and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was kind of like, gave me that, that feeling again. Um, however, there's, there's many, many problems with the stupid movie. <laughs> Well, okay, and it, it depends on the kind of movie you're looking at, right? Like exactly. John Wick, the, the original John Wick. I don't know what the reviews were, but John Wick Two. Here we go. Ninety uh, percent uh, on Rotten Tomatoes and ninety-one ninety-one percent critic reviews. So, so uh, some alignment there between what the fans think of the movie and what the the critics think of the movie. So pretty good. Is that what it means? That's that's a great score. Like oh wow. Anything above ninety, I go. I would definitely go pay money to see that in theaters. It's got to be that good, you know. When you start to hit so, like you know the eighties and seventies or whatever, like well, maybe I'll watch it when it comes out. Anything lower than sixty on on their particular scale, I just I don't even want to deal with. Maybe I'll watch so it I, if someone else watches. I, I still think 
it's and and I think you'll like the movie. I liked it, but I still think it's on the path to idiocracy. Like, um, it's not very deep. Um, it's it well, actually gets kind of re- repetitive. You kind of know that going in though, because I've seen the first one, and the first one's like, right? They killed my dog, and then they, then he just goes <laughs> like on a killing spree. Right, which is right, right. completely ridiculous. But he lives, you know. I'm sorry to get into this, but he lives in like a world of assassins and killers and all that. So, you know, of course, right. like you know, to avenge the death of the dog is gonna, you know, take an army to hold them back. You know, yeah. So, but, same thing. Yeah, but pop- popcorn action movies, you know, are you know, if if that's what you're into, right? So you go like, for a popcorn action movie, this one is really good. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, my buddy wants me to go see the Wall, and or, or the Great Wall, <laughs> and or actually, whatever. that one they've been advertising the hell out of, and 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 from what I heard, uh, Lego Batman beat it two weeks in a row. See, Lego Batman is also in at ninety one and eighty six critics. The Wall is at thirty five and fifty five. So if I'm right. like, you know, if if someone's like, hey, let's go see a movie, I'm more inclined to go like, I'll spend twenty bucks on Lego Batman. I'm not paying for the Great Wall. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now, will I watch The Great Wall if I'm bored? Yeah, absolutely. But I have, uh, knowing that, I have no desire to see that movie. Now, I want to contrast that with my wife, who likes terrible movies based on the Rotten Tomato meter. Um, so I end up watching those because she wants to, right? Like, I, I, right. I, I concede a little bit and watch terrible movies with her because if it's like less than 20, she's all about it. Um, but I, I, I point this out just to say that we have we have different tastes, right? And whereas I might enjoy a movie even though it has a low score, my experience in using the tomato meter and, and watching movies and then like, wow, that movie's really good. I wonder what the score was like. Oh, yep, good score. Or, you know, that movie sucked. What was the score? Oh, low score. Okay. You know, my tastes are somewhat in alignment with the critics uh, at, 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 uh, at Rotten Tomatoes. Right. right, so you so, basically have to find critics that you kind of align with. Right, and if you go to the restaurant over and over and over again, you find a waiter that you know it, it, you know knows kind of has the same taste as you, and you've you've experienced that over the time. Then when he makes a recommendation, you can go like, okay, yeah, you've been right a bunch of times before. Like, I'll go yeah. ahead and try that. And if you find chickweed salve that you've you know used before many times, and you probably want to stick stick with it, and it's curing your cancer or reducing your tumor size. And if maybe he tells you that you can't have it because they didn't go through their process. Um, I don't know. Somebody's see, somebody has to learn some, some John wick skills. That's what, that's what, that's, that's what I was getting to, you know, like that's what it made me feel like, Hey, Hey, why can't I be like John wick and just, you know, take care of business. But, Oh, you didn't hear me say that. I just, you know, (laughs) you could, why not? Yeah. I'm, I'm too lazy. Fine. And uh, also fine, right? Like e- everyone's on a different path and at some point uh as you said with the financial, you know, collapse looming as you said last week, um it it may come down to, you know, those situations where um people get even more violent, uh even left, right? Where where the you know the the, the on the left-right paradigm, it's always like, you know, the left are the pacifists, the peaceful ones. Uh, the no guns people, and yet those are the ones like you know rioting and breaking shit and burning stuff down all of a sudden, <laughs> right. all because all because of you know Lord Emperor God Trump, 
right now now's the time when it was when it was their guy in office is like no man just you know peace man like we just got to work things out and then as soon as they lose it's like no we got to burn this motherfucker to the ground um and it, again just the 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 contradictions uh, and hypocrisy in in the rhetoric um just off the rails on that side um uh, and you know on on the the right side not to you know leave them out of this uh comes the apologists right like now they're the ones going well you know it's you know uh it's it's okay we you know we just got to work through it of course we got to keep bombing syria because you know there's where the terrorists come from you know yeah it doesn't matter that you know obama was doing it. like look look obama did it and now trump's doing it. it's all it's all good you know the the, the anti-war right has disappeared and has been replaced with the anti-war left, even though the anti-war left uh, or the left itself is starting to be like, you know, the, the, the party of violence. Anything else? I don't, I don't think there is very much anti-war. Um, it's just, it's, it's just something that people are just used to now. It's, it's sad, you know? All right. Are you saying the, 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 yeah, it's become part of the norm? Like, yeah, we're just at war. Yeah, just, you know, every, every time, you know, we, we bomb someplace and 20 innocent people die. So nothing really, you know, well, nobody's ever gone to jail for it. <laughs> you know, and, and nobody will. <laughs> nobody's even got fired for it. You know, people have gotten promotions for it. Um, it's just, just a bizarre world we live in. All right. Do we have time for one more, or should we call it? Um. Yeah, up to you. If you got something you really want to talk about, let's do it. All right. Now I'm, I'm gonna call it then, only because, like I said, I'm not. I'm feeling under the weather, and I ran out of juice. So like, like physical juice. Like I had a tall glass of juice, and I drank it all throughout the show. So we're right. close enough to the end where I'm gonna go pass out for a little bit. All right. Uh, again, my apologies for for being a little bit under the weather. So pardon my voice. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com is where we do the live show. Um, still working on time. Like, I should be at work right now, but I'm not. So figuring we might as well do the show early. So that's why we're doing it at this time. But it won't always be. So keep an eye on the website uh, and the Facebook feed for, for, you know, when we're ready to go live. If you happen to catch us, um, give us a call. Uh, we do that on anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Join the discussion in the groups. If you want into the group, it's public. So just join and I'll, I'll pr- approve it. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience. And if you think the show is worth any money, which we do, despite not getting paid, only about 37 cents, uh, we do that through Patreon. So go ahead and donate to the show. Patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>